for the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Kate Scott. This is the update. On today's show, we're joined by the newest member of the Athletic Bay Area Las Vegas Raiders reporter to Sean Reed, who's covered some unexpected highs and experienced some incredibly tragic lows since the COVID-19 pandemic pressed pause on his move west. We discuss it all along with his now viral story on San Jose State recruiting coordinator and running backs coach Alonzo Carter. It's Monday, June 15th. Well, Deshaun, first of all, congratulations uh, on landing the Las Vegas Raiders beat writing gig and welcome to the update. We're so excited to have you today. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm glad to finally be out here in Vegas. I've, you know, I started back in April officially, actual move to get here and it'll be in sidetracked I guess what is it two months now so glad to finally have my feet on the ground here in, in las vegas and, and really get into it yeah well we're glad to have you and i imagine just two years removed from graduating from mizzou you're covering florida state football for us here at the athletic but getting that call that you were moving from college football to covering an nfl beat was that pretty exciting yeah i was thrilled i'm a, I'm a person that my voice is very monotone so i think when David Ordenberg, our head of legal, called me, he couldn't really tell how <laughs> I was feeling one way or the other, but I was, I was uh-huh. very excited. I mean, that was always, I got to journalism late in life. I didn't decide to do it until I was about a senior year in high school, but that was the goal that I made then was to cover a professional beat. I didn't know how long it would take to get there. And so to get there so quickly and early on in my career, it was just thrilling for me. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, congratulations. But as you referenced, since that call, your family has experienced quite a bit of loss. So to whatever level that you're comfortable to, Sean, wondering if you could tell us more about that. It started pretty soon after I got the job. I think it was two days later. My Uncle John passed away from a a heart attack. He had been having health issues for a little bit, so it wasn't super shocking, but it was definitely tough. You know, it kind of coincided with when sports came to a halt was that week as well. And so I knew that COVID was serious, but I didn't really expect it to restrict my travel plans at all. So I was thinking I was going to go back home to St. Louis to be there for the funeral. I was already planning to go up to my sister's house in Georgia and spend some time with her because Florida State was going on spring break. You know, I wasn't sure at that point, you know, whether spring practice would resume after or not. And so I didn't expect for it to be a long term trip, but it ended up being so. I mean, I was there for about a month, but I didn't end up going to Michael John's funeral in St. Louis. But my dad and uncles and aunts and a bunch of other family members did, even though they were socially distancing as much as they could. You know, I think shortly after the funeral, my dad actually, he he took a trip down to Georgia to spend some time with us. You know, the plan was for him to stay through my birthday, which is March 25th. But a couple of days after the funeral, my uncle Carl started feeling unwell, flu-like symptoms. And he actually sat behind my dad at the funeral. At that point, by the time he started feeling sick, my dad had already been down there in Georgia with us for a couple of days interacting with us. He felt fine, but he ended up leaving early. Um, he didn't say that's why he left early, but knowing my dad is probably why. And a couple of days after he returned, he started feeling sick. My uncle Carlos very quickly had to go into the hospital. He had diabetes. And so it was causing some some conflicts there. You know, long story short, he ended up passing away from, from COVID. My dad, he never had to be hospitalized, but he, had, he got very sick at, at one point, but he ended up making it through. I never got sick or my sister or anybody in their house got sick, so I, I can't know for sure because we never got tested if we had it or not, but we never had any issues. My grandma ended up catching it a little bit later. Luckily, even though she's 90 years old, she didn't have any symptoms at all, which is amazing. Wow. Um, yeah. She recovered. And so finally, once my dad was cleared in April, I went back home to St. Louis and ended up staying there for about a month, mostly just obviously just staying at his house and kind of enjoying that time. 
I'd already planned to go back to St. Louis before I moved to Las Vegas, but obviously, uh, given everything that happened that time there meant a little bit more. You know, I, I was able to see my mom too. We masked up and social distanced as much as we could, but I wanted to see her. I wasn't able to see my grandma because the nursing home was, they had a bunch of cases there and it just wasn't safe. So that was unfortunate, but you know, it was nice to be able to spend some time home. And then finally on, uh, toward the end of May, I, I decided to pick up and drive on out here. Wow. Well, Tashawn, that's incredibly heavy. Thank you for sharing all of that. No I'm problem. so sorry for your losses. Thank you. Um, so two incredibly trying months, and even that feels like an understatement. And then, as you said, May 29th, I think, was when your journey west began. And uh, I love this note that along the way you stayed with one of our guests here on the update from last week, our beat writer for the Colorado Avalanche, Ryan S. Clark. He's a friend of mine as well. How do you two know one another? Well, Ryan, he was very early on in my career with The Athletic. He used to cover Florida State for a website called Warchant, which is a rival site. And so since he had that experience covering Florida State, he kind of just reached out, introduced himself, let me, let me know that if I ever need anything or want to talk about advice about how to cover the beat. Because I, you know, before I went down to start covering Florida State, I had no previous history with the team. I didn't really know what I was right. getting into before I was there. And so he helped me along the way. And, you know, kind of just over time, he became a mentor and a friend of mine. And we hadn't met, honestly. We talked for two years and then I finally met him when I stopped at his house in, in Denver. And, uh, <laughs> wow. First time meeting him, you know, he let me stay at his house, him and his wife. And, uh, you know, it was a nice stop there before I, I continued driving the next day. But definitely had to give him a shout out in the story because not only saved me <laughs> some hotel costs, but he's been a <laughs> right. huge help. Been a huge help for me over the last few years. I love that. Well, Ryan's awesome and, and mentoring is awesome as well. And speaking of awesome, we got to talk about San Jose State running backs coach and their recruiting coordinator, Alonzo Carter. We know a lot about Coach Carter out here in the Bay, but his head coach, Brent Brennan, challenged Carter and his fellow assistants to use the extra downtime brought on by this pandemic for their own professional development. So how has Coach Carter gone about using his time? It wasn't intentional, really. He, he got invited to a Zoom meeting for running backs coaches across the country by Utah's running backs coach, Keel McDonald. You know, he noticed two things. He noticed that a lot of West Coast coaches were in there and that pretty much all of the coaches, yeah, I think all 40 of the coaches were black. And so he had an idea to start a weekly call, but just exclusively with West Coast coaches. So I took it upon myself to call some West Coast coaches that was part of the panel and separate. It was like, hey man, let's get a weekly thing going with just West Coast coaches. We're not going to talk ball. Let's just talk about the game within the game. You know, initially it was running back coaches, but then they also expanded to other positions. And then they had their first call on May 14th, and they called it the West Coast Zoom Clinic. So the first week we had about 35 guys, and literally the topic was the game within the game. How can we help each other get better? What can we do to support each other as black coaches? And then just sort of every week after that, he sort of evolved it. He started having guests, you know, former head coaches, high-ranking assistant coaches, coaches who had been in the business before and gotten out and given advice. And it sort of just became this weekly cycle of sharing information and listening and learning and chatting. Those are the three objectives that we felt we wanted. We wanted people to be able to listen. We wanted people to be able to learn from each other. And then we also wanted coaches to feel open about sharing because that's the only way you're going to get better at what we do in this profession. They reached a crescendo last week. They had four current head coaches, head coaches of color, Carl Durrell from Colorado, Willie Taggart from Florida Atlantic, Kalani Satake from BYU, and Jimmy Lake from Washington. And the intention was for them to primarily discuss how they got their roles, 
what advice they had for assistant coaches looking to make their way up the coaching chain. But obviously, with everything going on in the country, George Floyd was a big topic of discussion. So I'm kind of like the moderator. You know, I'm, I'm the one that I mute everybody. And then when I look up before 7 o'clock, it's 200 guys on there. And then in the first 10 minutes, it's 300 guys all on this Zoom call. They all want to hear this information. How are you dealing with this situation with your football team? What What are some of the things that each different program is handling their football teams? It was a very clean topic. It was a very productive topic. And so between that and having the original discussion about the coaching aspect, they ended up having a four-and-a-half-hour talk. We normally on board for two hours, two-and-a-half. Well, that night was a different night. It was a four-and-a-half-hour session, and it was very powerful. It was good to hear different coaches give their perspective. There was even a defensive line coach, Hurt, Clint Hurt, the Seattle Seahawks D-line coach. He was on there. I even mm-hmm. asked him how they dealing with it on the NFL level, and he gave his input, which was real productive and real powerful, how the Seattle Seahawks dealt with the situation. For the coaches that were on the East Coast, it didn't wrap up until 2.30 in the morning. Um, oh, my goodness. But everybody was engaged and locked in the entire time, and they're going to continue it on for, I'm assuming, as long as this pandemic stretches until football resumes. And it's kind of just become this summit of – hundreds of coaches of color just coming together and supporting one another. What are your thoughts on the West Coast Zoom Clinic that Coach Carter has brought together? That sounds like a pretty awesome group. It's pretty unique. I mean, I think it's something that's only possible if this pandemic happens, just because with the way that college football works, it's a 12-month sport. You know, obviously during the season, they're focused on that. But in the offseason, there's recruiting, there's booster meetings, there's fundraiser meetings, there's all these events Um, You want to try to work in some family time. And so there's just not much opportunity where hundreds of minority coaches can all stop and do the same thing at the same time in the same place. Ironically, with what's going on in our country, I happen to have a Thursday night where we're talking about issues already as black and minority coaches and how do we fix and solve and help each other. This goes hand in hand with what's going on right now. It's really only possible through something like what he set up. And so it's it's good to see that, especially considering that, you know, despite that there are hundreds of minority coaches, there's only 14 black head coaches when it comes to college football. And so for whatever reason, that number isn't translating to the next level. Calls like this are, you know, it's not going to solve the issue, but it's part of working towards a solution, you know, down the line. How has San Jose State handled the past few weeks? So San Jose State, from the way that Carter described it for me, the first thing they did, it wasn't to make a public statement. You know, it wasn't something where they wanted to receive PR from it. They didn't want to be acknowledged from it. They kept their focus internal. Coach Brennan, of the State, he was all over this deal. And it's important that for people who don't, don't understand, our defensive coordinator is Black, our special team coordinator is Black. We have one of the only five Black offensive line coaches in the country at FBS level, me being the recruiting coordinator, obviously I'm black, and then our defensive line coach, he's Polynesian, he's born in Hawaii. So we have a very diverse staff. So we took a very unique approach and just immediately on Monday, we didn't wait till the middle of the week, we didn't wait till this thing snowballed. 
we didn't jump on social media using that as a platform to speak. We spoke to our players direct. So they met with their players and they broke all their players out into focus groups. They didn't individually select every player to be in a specific group, but they tried to mix it up as far as race is concerned as much as they possibly could. And they had a coach in every group and they all just sort of just talked and listened. And obviously the black players were at the crux of it, but even the white players gave their perspective. We also wanted to listen to the white players. You know, you want to hear how they felt about it. Because what you find is a lot of them, this is the first time having to face the reality that racism exists. There is some players that have grew up white privilege. And I think what's powerful is when they openly admit that and say it, and they feel some empathy within themselves to want to try to have a level of understanding, but you really won't ever understand the only thing you can do in, in, in my opinion, this is my opinion, is to be with me, be a part of the change, be a part of the years and years of oppression, you know, that we've been through, be open to be part of the change. Even the Hispanic players, the few Hispanic players they had on the team, kind of spoke about how they're kind of caught in between where they're also, you know, a minority group, but they don't really get talked about as much, especially during a time like this. It was sort of just like an interactive discussion internally. From there, they sort of expanded to whether it's, you know, participating in the protests or doing things or social media or whatever else they may do moving forward in the future. Well, Deshaun, so appreciate your insight on that. San Jose State's actions as of late, what Coach Carter has been up to, and really enjoyed getting to know you a little bit better as well. Thanks so much for the time. Thanks for having me on, Kate. To read Deshaun's articles on how COVID-19 impacted his family and San Jose State running backs coach Alonso Carter, just click the link in the description notes of today's podcast. Don't forget, you can now listen to us through any of your Google devices. Just tell your assistant, play the update with Kate Scott Podcast. And if you aren't a subscriber yet to the written arm of The Athletic, I've been trying to tell you, now's the time. We've got a free 90-day trial subscription offer going for you. That's right, three months of reading, absolutely free. All you have to do is visit theathletic.com slash theupdate. That's theathletic.com slash theupdate. Sign up for the free 90 days and enjoy. As always, if you're enjoying the podcast, we'd love for you to rate, review, and hit that old subscribe button. For all of us here at The Update, thanks again to Tashan for stopping by. Thanks to you, as always, for listening. I'm Kate Scott. Have a safe and healthy few days. Looking forward to talking some Giants baseball with extra bags on Wednesday.